Boys, we got the third pod out today. We're happy that you guys are giving it a listen. We got news and notes from around the league. We don't really got any news from our league because there haven't really been any trades. And then to wrap it up today, we got the mock. We got a mock of our draft. Rotating picks. Jake's got odds. I've got evens. Let's get it. Now, welcome back to the Fantasy Pack Podcast. Starring your hosts, Nolan Hoppy and Jake the Menace Melodic. What's happening, boys? Oh, I'm excited for today. Today's going to be fun. I'm Nolan Hoppy with my boy Jake Melodic. What's up? And you know what? Today we're just doing a mock draft. I already talked to you guys about that, so let's just get right into it. We're doing news and notes right now. Um... In the last two weeks, we've had a lot of stuff go down. Julio has been traded to the Titans. Um, how do you think of that? Do you think that A.J. Brown's going to be the number one or Julio's going to be the number one? Um, considering the age and like the usage of Julio, I think A.J. Brown is still the number one in that offense. But I think the biggest winner of it is Ryan Tannehill. I think they're going to pass a lot more. I think Derrick Henry is a, is a slight loser. He might get a little more red zone looks. But overall, it's going to eat into A.J. Brown's a little, but it's going to open up a lot more vertical plays, which he really excels at. And it's going to open up vertical plays for Julio as well. Um, if Julio stays healthy, I'm not sure if the Falcons would have been a better, a better fit for him or the Titans, but um, he's Julio Jones. You know, he's a, if he's healthy, he's a wide receiver one. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Julio, I feel like if Tannehill, unlike Matt Ryan, can finally look at Julio in the red zone, we could easily see Julio have his best year ever mm-hmm. because teams are going to really have to respect the run with Derrick Henry, and they're also going to have to respect A.J. I think that A.J. is probably a better receiver than Calvin Ridley. He's just a little bit bigger. He's, he's a lot different. They're, they play a yeah, lot different. So. I agree. I, I don't know. I think that it's going to be really good for Julio. I don't know if he will get as many receptions as Matt Ryan will give him because Tannehill's not that type of guy. Yeah. But I definitely agree with you that Tannehill's just a huge winner. Um, number two on today, we got your boy, Antonio Gibson. Yep. Ron Rivera is expecting a huge jump from Gibson in 2021. I saw that they really want to get him in the passing game more. We saw him in the passing game on like the Thanksgiving game where he scored three touchdowns. On the games, J.D. McKissick was out. We saw him in the passing game. Right, and he and excelled. He did. He's just a great player. He's from Memphis. He... Every single time he touched the ball in Memphis, it was like to the house. And I think that he's finally starting to show that. And I think that Ron Rivera is starting to see that. Also, on the downside of Antonio Gibson, his injury is still lingering. Yeah. Um, overall, these two pieces of news to me were very surprising, being a Gibson owner. You first, you get the news that he's expecting a breakout year. And then you go, I go, I, the first thing I did when I saw that was I looked at their roster and I see J.D. McKissick is still there. So I know they're still going to use him in the passing game because he's great out of the backfield. So it, it just questions me as to how much he's, they're actually going to use him out of the backfield. And then you see the turf tone news. <clears throat> um, obviously that sucks because that lingered with him last year, kept him out for some important games for me, and I just hope that, you know, we get to that the actual regular season and that's not the case, but... That was that that was kind of heartbreaking news for me. Yeah, I think that for all the fantasy, not just dynasty, but in redraft, there's gonna be 
a lot of hope around Antonio Gibson this year. And if he doesn't deliver just because of his injury, I think it's going to be really sad. But I don't see that happening. I see, like, what is it? What's the date today? It's June 12th today. And he's just talking about how the turf toe is lingering right now. If anything, Rivera will probably just sit him down in OTAs. And it'll probably be good to go by mid-August, I would say. That's that's definitely the hope. That's yeah. definitely the hope. And there's a lot of time left, so a lot of room for optimism there. Yeah, I have a lot of optimism about it. All right. The Packers GM, Brian Gitnikus, still says that he will not trade Rodgers. What do you think about that? Oh, wow. This is such a saga, isn't it? <laughs> um, wow. Just, uh, I mean... Nothing really has changed. Nobody's given up ground. The only thing that has made people think about it is how good Jordan Love has looked in OTAs, according to reports. Um, I, I mean... He's your boy. I, I've been a Jordan Love stand since before they picked him. So, I, I mean, if he looks good, and it just gives him more reason to, like, hold out on Rodgers and be like, yep, hey, we're rocking with Jordan Love. But obviously... I hope they. I hope deep down they gotta know that they have a better chance of winning with Rodgers. So oh, if they obviously they do, that's why Gutnikus won't move, even though he knows that Rodgers more than likely does not want to be there. I think that Aaron Rodgers is the one piece to the Packers being a Super Bowl team. Mm-hmm. If they don't have him, they're probably not a Super Bowl team this year. Yeah. Even if Jordan Love has an amazing rookie season, I think he's good. I don't think that Jordan Love is as good as Aaron Rodgers. I don't think anybody does. Mm. And that's why it's just kind of a saga right now, like what you were saying. Yeah, it's 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 really... You probably will see like a 30 for 30 on it. Um, <laughs> if like Rodgers goes to a team and wins a Super Bowl, or if Jordan Love ends up being great. Just, just if anything little about it happens, I could see a 30 for 30 made on this. Yeah, I mean, it's just... It's crazy right now. All right, Big Ben, hype train. He says Najee's going to be, and I quote, something to see. Exciting. Exciting for the possible number one pick. I have a number one pick. It made me excited to hear it. So what are your thoughts on it? Give us, give us the breakdown here. What, do you, what are you thinking when you read that? Well, I feel like every single vet just always says, oh, you know. I'll give you, I'm excited to see him. I'll give, oh, you, really. I'll, I'll give you my take. This is what the, the Chiefs GM last year says. I was a huge Clyde Edwards player guy last year. He's on the, my dynasty team. Well, you team. can't really compare these two. <clears throat> this is what the Chiefs GM says, though. He's going to be the number one back in fantasy this year. When the GM says that, you're like, oh, shit. I want this guy on my <laughs> team. And then he goes out and has the year that he has, and they sign Le'Veon Bell. Najee could be different, but... They love hyping up the rookies. So they definitely do. Love I, I think it's a little bit of that. Well, okay. This is the reason why I don't think that you can compare CEH to Najee. is because CEH is on such a high-powered offense that most of the time they didn't even need him. He's playing with possibly one of the greatest quarterbacks ever in Mahomes. And I don't think Mahomes likes handing the ball off. Meanwhile, we have Big Ben who loves to check the ball down, who likes to be a game manager now late in his career. And he doesn't want to get hit very much. So Najee is probably going to be a 250 to 300 attempt guy this year. And with this, I just, I don't think that Big Ben's going to lie about it. I think that he's more of a blunt guy. And if he didn't really like Najee, he just wouldn't say anything. And where if you're the GM, you picked Clyde Edwards-Alaire. You're like, oh, this guy's going to be the greatest running back ever. There's a, there's a lot of good points to that, but you know... It's a lot of preseason hype. We'll, we'll get to see him once the preseason starts, and then uh, 
we'll see if he has a preseason like Zeke or if he kind of lays an egg. If he has a preseason like Zeke, you know, I want to get my ticket and hop on the train. <laughs> Facts. All right, final thing, and this is just a question. Obviously, Julio got traded. Bryce and I got it right. He's going to the yep, Titans. you guys did. I'll give you props. Yep. I remember both of you guys saying that. Yep. And so now the next person, he's not as highly touted as Julio, but he has been in recent years in fantasy. What is the ideal landing spot for Zach Ertz? Ooh. Um, he's a free agent right now, correct? I believe so. Okay. Um, I was leaning towards... The Chargers, but the Chargers have Jared, Jared Cook. Cook. Yeah, I did. I did notice they have Jared Cook. Um, I'm gonna go out and say the Steelers or the Cowboys. Both of them kind of they they got high powered offenses. I'm gonna assume Zach Ertz wants to go to a contender. They they got their tight ends position is already pretty good, and it really can't hurt to add in a veteran guy like Zach Ertz in that into those rooms. I think I could definitely see the Steelers. I feel like Mike Tomlin's the type of guy who would like to bring in a veteran. Well, and Philly's not far from Pittsburgh also. No, that's definitely true. A little bit of a revenge tour, possibly. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. All right, we're planting our flag. Zach Ertz will be a stealer <laughs> by the start of the season. Hey, you can block for, block for your guy Najee Harris. That's facts. That's facts. All right, let's get into the mock. Mock time. Let's go, baby. It's time for our first official mock draft. We are ready to get this thing rolling. All right, with the first overall pick, uh, Nolan Hoppy has the pick. What I'll a, be making a, a selection for him. Yeah, um, you're doing odds. I'm doing evens because it just worked out that I have one in seven, and Jacob has ten. ten. Ooh, spicy. Spicy. So uh, at the 101, to me it's an obvious pick. I don't know if about what you guys think about it, but I'm going to have to take Najee Harris, number one overall. Um, by far the best running back in the class right here. There's some other viable options, but in fantasy, the running back is just so important that I think when there's one that is touted to be as good as Najee is and lands in such an ideal spot like Najee, you just got to take him. Um, like we said earlier, Big Ben's been talking him up. I mean, if you watch him play in college, the dude's electric, and I think he's, there's going to be a lot of big plays that he makes in the NFL. And I think he's, even after just his first year, I think he's going to be the top scorer in rookie. And that's the reason I got him going first overall. I definitely agree with all that stuff. Um, I was I was looking at some comps to him, and I did not realize how well he cu- he catches the ball. Mm-hmm. He's, He's a great pass catching running back. People were giving him comps to Matt Forte, and honestly, he was Matt Forte was always a great fantasy running back to have. Matt Forte was never the number one guy, but he was always top ten in that. In a dynasty league, especially, I feel like is great for about five to six years. A running yeah. back's window. The one room for concern for him is his age, I would say. Yeah. Especially playing running back. He's definitely older. He's 23 and a half. Um, obviously, guys like ETN, Javante Williams. ETN's 22, Javante's 21. Kyle Pitts is 20, you know. I mean, it's. I don't think it's... I think he's still going to be great. I'm not saying his age is going to hold him back. Oh, I don't think so either, but I just think his... his Maybe his shelf life in the NFL might be a little bit shorter than somebody like like Matt Forte. Matt Forte was in the NFL till he was like 31, 32 years old. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, when you're, you're looking at dynasty-wise, and I think the difference of caliber of players that Najee's competing with, you don't have to worry about that drafting him um, first overall. 
Okay. Okay. I like it. I like it. We don't know if I'll take him or not. You never We know. don't. We don't. <laughs> Number two. Um, this is a hard one. Keaton has the pick. And if we can go back to week one that we did our pod, we talked about the glaring issue for Keaton, and that was... Receiver. Receiver. He's got a great tight end. He's got Travis Kelsey. But Keaton's always been a guy to me, like especially if you're trying to make trades with him, he's never the guy to take two players for one. He always wants the best player available. And in my opinion, this is just my opinion, I think that Kyle Pitts is the best player available. I could see Kyle. I could easily see Marty taking Kyle Pitts, and that's why I think that's why I'm going to make the pick for him. I'm going to say he takes Kyle Pitts, but honestly, I don't. I don't um, like if he takes Jamar Chase. I'm not going to be extremely surprised. I agree. I think, I think Pitts, especially because he's tight end eligible. I think he that makes him all the more valuable, considering he's the best tight end product since whatever you gotta compare him to like a Darren Waller or a Travis Kelsey not right away but I think long-term. you can right away you think you can I think that you can compare him to Waller I think that I don't think that he's Kelsey so obviously I, I was reading up so I recently did a did a draft a fantasy draft and I did my draft was a dynasty draft but the I saw a statistic saying that Cal Pitts is going as a tight end four in like season-long leagues yeah I don't think you're going to get... ahead of Hawkinson. It, well, it's... The only three people ahead of him are Kittle, Travis, and um, Waller. And I don't think he's going to produce on their level year one. I think he's more in the tight end two tier year one. But long-term wise, tight ends last a while. And I think Kyle Pitts... Looking at this draft class down the road, Kyle Pitts is going to be the second best fantasy player behind Najee Harris. So I think that's why... I think that's a good pick at too. I think so too. If if this league wasn't double flex, I would a hundred percent say that he's taking Jamar Chase because if he takes well, Kyle he Pitts, also has eight, so he there's going to be receivers at eight that he can get as well. Right, there is going to be receivers at eight, but what I'm saying is, if it's not double flex, there's no way that he doesn't take Jamar Chase because he would have to lock it in with Pitts at the flex, and then his team just wouldn't have any flexibility. Whereas if we're looking in his flex right now. If the season were to start right now, he's starting DeAndre Swift and J.D. McKissick. I don't think anybody wants to start J.D. McKissick. No. 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 And Kyle Pitts sounds a lot better than that. Um, If he takes Jamar, props to Marty, but I'm playing the flag. I say he takes Kyle Pitts. So that leaves Cade picking next. And I think tier-wise, I, I think personally I think Cade goes best player available, which I believe is Jamar Chase. I think there's three I think there's three elite players in the draft. Yeah. I think it's Najee Jamar. There's a little there's a slight talent drop off after the first three. And that's why I think Cade's gonna go Chase. Obviously ETN's interesting here because he's a running back. And obviously like I said before, running backs are really important fantasy wise. But Chase Chase is gonna like he he's a talent talent tier above ETN. And I don't think you can just pass up his talent alone. And don't get me wrong, Miami's not a bad landing spot. There's plenty of weapons, and I mean Cincinnati. Oh shoot, I said Miami. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh yeah, Chase. Is, okay. Yeah. So he uh, he's got the college connection with Burrow. It's going to be a pass-heavy offense. They're going to be down. He's going. The the thing that I think is really underrated is the offensive line is obviously horrible, but that's not terrible, because. 
if Bur- that causes Burrow to get out of the pocket and him and Chase have a good connection, you could see that leading to some big plays where the de- uh, defensive secondary breaks down and then Burrow scrambling, oh, I know where my boy Chase is, whips it 20 yards downfield and Chase ends up taking it to the house. Like, I don't think that's two, maybe two or three of those plays a year that could happen and honestly that could win you your week. Yeah, I agree with that. The only the only thing that I can see Cade not wanting to take Jamar and he will take him. I am I would I would plant my flag on it that if Kyle Pitts is taking number two, he takes Jamar no matter what. But he's also got Tyler Boyd. So he probably after the draft would look to trade Tyler Boyd. Yeah, I would I would not put that past him. Um most people are pegging Tyler Boyd to kinda fall into the third wide receiver behind uh T. Higgins and then obviously Jamar Chase. I agree with that. But then again, if one of them goes down, you get the wide receiver that is going to step into the place, and it's really it always works out well. It's kind of like a wide receiver handcuff because yeah. you know Tyler Boyd was good last year with Joe Burrow too. Indeed. All right, number four. Number four is my boy Coop, and it just it makes too much sense for him to take Travis Etienne. I I think that in Jacksonville, we hear a lot of stuff from Urban Meyer saying that. ETN's not only going to be a possible three-down back, but he's also going to be somebody that they look at in the passing game a lot. I think he's the clear number four in any rookie draft because I think he's in a tier of his own. I think Najee, Jamar, and Kyle are easily surpanted at one through three, any order you want. And then I think that ETN's just better than the Javante Smiths, Javante Williams, Trevor Lawrence's, Jalen Waddles of the world. I think that ETN, honestly, he he could end up being a top rookie scorer this year just because he's going to have the opportunity. Trevor Lawrence is a rookie in the NFL, even though people are expecting him to be Peyton Manning. I think that he's going to have some struggles, and a rookie quarterback, when struggling, is always going to look to his running back. Peyton Manning threw 20 interceptions his rookie year, so that's a really fair. And then also, you can't underrate the Clemson connection. Like, Trevor was obviously going number one to Jacksonville. You can't tell me that he wasn't like, hey, Urban, my guy Travis is pretty good. Man, I want to give him a look in the first round. Because they had James Robinson last year, and James Robinson, he was good out the passing game, and he was good, obviously, between the tackles as well. So to have a undrafted uh, rookie running back that plays well, and then you to draft a running back the next year in the first round means that you have big plans for this guy. I could see Travis being used like a college, like, you see those Curtis Samuels at Ohio State? Well, I see him in my eyes. He's always just looked like this in my eyes. He's a smaller Alvin Kamara. I lo- it's a good comparison, but I think it's a little overused. I don't think I don't think that he is Alvin <laughs> Kamara. I think Alvin Kamara is a better running back than he is. I'm just saying their play styles, and I would say that his ceiling is Alvin Kamara. I'd say... Especially with Urban Meyer calling the plays, I see a lot of similarities in how they'll be used. Talent-wise, we'll have to see if he's just as talented as Alvin Kamara. I'm I'm not sold on him being that talented just yet. Okay. Okay. That's understandable. Who we got number five? We got Studi, right? Yes. Um, we have Alec. There's kind of a dire need at running back, but I just don't think he's going to pass up on Jalen Waddle. Um... You don't think he's going to pass up on Jalen Waddle? No, I, I think because if you look, him and Cooper are both in kind of an interesting spot where they're win now, but they have early picks in the draft. Therefore, I think they go best player available. And Javon, although Javante Williams is interesting. There's no way 
I know that I'm I know that I am interrupting you, but there's no way in my eyes that Javante Williams is going to do anything for fantasy this year. Yeah, that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. And like when you're when Studi needs a running back, don't get me wrong, but when you're in a win now situation, you need to take the best player available. And that's why I think he's taking Jalen Waddle at this pick here. Okay. That's interesting to me. Um, I think that I think that we look at Studi's running backs, and other than Josh Jacobs, he has old running backs. He has Davis, he has Mixon, he has Johnson. Okay, Mixon's not that old, but he's been beat up a lot in his career. You could see him falling off in the next couple of years. I think that Studi, this is a pivotal pick for him. Jalen Waddle definitely could help him win a championship this year because Tua could just kind of suction cup onto him. And Tua could really find his own. Like, there's, I'm kind of on the Tua hype train. I think he's going to have a good year. He's got a lot of weapons. And, I mean, he had moments last year where he looked like he can be a great QB in the NFL. And Jalen Waddle's great after the catch. So if you just, you just got to get this guy the rock. I know I'm not an NFL player, but I obviously we played sports in high school, and it's always harder to perform when you know that there's somebody looking over your shoulder. Ryan Fitzpatrick was looking over to his shoulder literally every time he dropped back. And I think that now he can just kind of take a deep breath, and I wouldn't be surprised if two has a great year this year. So Jalen Waddle's a good pick. I was just a little caught off guard because – in my opinion, I think that Studi's probably going to take Javante, but I think that it probably would help his team a lot more this year if he takes Waddle. I agree with you on that. that. That's just the point of view that I'm going from. All right. All right, you're up next. Josh. Josh take Trevor Lawrence. I I don't see any way that Josh doesn't take Trevor Lawrence. I know that he's he's just... I've never I've never seen somebody know about a player... And be so right on him when he was in high school. I've never seen a guy like more infatuated with another guy. Well, you don't know me with Luca, do you? Uh, must not. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's been a Trevor Lawrence stand since since the freaking um the since junior high. Since the Netflix video came out with him and Justin Fields back then, I don't even remember what it's called, but that's when I feel like Josh first latched on the Trevor. And now he's getting the opportunity to take him in the first round of a uh, rookie draft. It only makes sense because he has Deshaun Watson. Personally, I probably wouldn't take a QB this high. I think QBs are more replaceable. Well, I was talking to Josh, and he said, even though he's got great quarterbacks right now, while I went through, I said running back, wide receiver, and then I said quarterback. Even though he has great quarterbacks right now, the volatility for Trevor Lawrence is too high for him to pass up. Yeah, I totally understand. Yeah, Tanner Hill too. Like, if you, Josh, if you're taking Trevor, um, I would look to move either Watson or uh, Ryan Tannehill. Because yeah, Trevor's going to be good. Trevor. Oh, I think that Trevor could turn out to be a Peyton Manning. I, I don't think that that's too high of a ceiling for him to hit. There's a reason why he's the most highly touted quarterback out of any draft since Andrew Luck. I think that he's going to be really good. And I think that I would be extremely surprised if Josh doesn't take Trevor here. Draft, yeah, draft experts, you can love them or hate them, but the one thing they don't miss is when there's a generational quarterback. If you look at all the ones they've pegged, like the four that they've pegged to be tremendous, they've been right. And if Trevor's the next one that they're pegging, you know, I mean, I'll take I'll take their word for it. I think he's going to be... The only question is, obviously, Jacksonville, they suck, but... Uh, <laughs> 
They suck. They can well, that's why they had the first pick. That is. That is. No, that that is for sure. All right. Well, Nolan's up next. Seven. Yep. But I'm picking for him. Oh, yeah, seven. My bad. Um, I see Devontae Smith here being the guy off the board. He could also take Javante Williams here is also in play. But uh, just wide receiver. He took a running back in the first round. I think he's going to want to get a wide receiver and a running back. And, I mean, he's a Heisman winner, so you can't, like, say much too negative about him other than maybe his landing spots, the Eagles. But I don't know. What are your thoughts on Devontae Smith? I think Devontae Smith is, well, I don't know. I've always talked to you guys about it as, a lot of people don't think that he's his size is going to compare in the NFL. He's a Heisman winner for a reason in my eyes. I I could definitely see myself taking him here. I think that he's just such a great route runner. And Jalen Hurts knows him. They they went to college together. There's a lot of players in this draft who went to college They're with their quarterback. Well, they all are from LSU, Alabama, and Clemson, it seems, really. The powerhouse schools. Very true. I just, I don't know. I know that a lot of people are down on Devontae, but in my eyes, when you got people like Devontae Adams, um, like great wide receivers watching the NFL, not the NFL, the college championship game, and just saying that this guy, Devontae, is just different. I'm going to take the NFL players' words for it. I'm going to take the people who voted for him in the Heisman word for it. But also a lot of people are talking about if Jalen Waddle would have played this year, he would easily win the Heisman. Well, and they're saying a lot of it is like scheme related and Mac Jones just getting the ball out of his hands and then making plays. I mean, he's probably not going to be that open in the NFL and he's going to have to beat some press coverages. So that's why I think he's not the first wide receiver taken. But I still think there's a lot of room for him to be a great player. Yeah, I agree. Who do we got next? We got Cade at eight, right? Yes, sir. Keaton. Oh, Keaton at eight. He's just, he traded with Zach. Oh, my bad. Just give me a second then. All right. Keaton at eight. Oh, I really thought it was Cade. Ah, this one's tough. Who did he take first? We had him taking Pitts. No, he took Chase because Keaton took Pitts. Who's got the pick? Keaton, right? Keaton. Oh, yeah. Keaton took took Pitts. Pitts. Sorry. There we go. Messing me up here. (laughs) Throwing me off. It's got to be a wide receiver, but... I don't know how he passes up on Javante Williams. In my eyes, Javante Williams is the is the last piece available in Tier 2. I yep. think you could go Terrace Marshall from Carolina. You could go Elijah Moore, Rondale Moore, Rashad Bateman. There's been a lot of hype around Elijah Moore and Rondale Moore. I could see him going either <clears throat> one of those guys. They're both young, 21 years old. Um. But I just don't see how you don't take Javante Williams here. He's in my eyes. He's got a great. He's got a great shot at being a good running back in dynasty. He probably won't be anything special this year. But Melvin Gordon's out of there after this year. Yeah, unrestricted free agent. I agree. Um, if you're picking two, you gotta, and you're getting Cal Pitts. You're going for like the long game here. And although all those receivers you named could be great, the fastest path to being like a, a guy you're going to start every week would be Javante Williams and probably as soon as as late as the start of next year if not throughout the course of this year he's probably going to be the starting RB in Denver and can't pass that up no. regardless of whoever whatever team whatever you have whatever your needs are I mean 
with what, the players you got left, I think that's that's the right pick there. Yeah, this is a definite like snowball effect to look at how like people really fall in the drafts. I could have saw him going to Studi. Mm-hmm. I think Josh has taken Trevor Lawrence, so he's out of the equation. And then with me, if I take Najee, it's easy to see why I would want to take a wide receiver. You don't want to stack one position in a draft, especially when it's a dynasty and I'm trying to rebuild. Yeah. And you could easily see Keaton with a steal here at Javante Williams. Yeah, no, I I, I mean, he would be of a great value at uh, the pick eight, considering it's a couple picks below what he's projected to go in most other drafts. Yeah. All right, number nine. Number nine is Cade. Now that we finally have got to Cade for real this time. Um, his biggest need is quarterback. He picked up uh, Chase earlier in this mock draft. A lot of receivers still there. I think he's pretty set on receiver now after getting Chase. So I'm going to go Justin Fields with him. It's a little bit of a reach for quarterback, but I think he, Justin Fields has got probably the most, like, I'm not a huge Justin Fields guy. I like Trey Lance a little better, but fantasy-wise, he throws the ball downfield, and he can run. But then the two negatives are he's from Ohio State, and he plays for the Bears. I think that the Bears are a great fit for a young quarterback. I think that they're a quarterback away from actually being a good contender. They've always had a good defense. Their O-line isn't bad, but it's not great. We've seen that with David Montgomery have struggles trying to rush. But I think that's just because Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky really couldn't do anything in the passing game. I think that with a runner like Justin Fields, they're really going to open up the offense. He is going to probably do a lot of options with Montgomery. He's going to do a lot. He's going to be like diet Lamar. He's not the greatest thrower, but he is. And he's not near the runner as Lamar is now. No, I would say that I just my my opinion is that's that was a great pick for the Bears. I think that he he is going to be way better than Trubisky, way better than Foles. But if I would have had this pick for Cade, I honestly think that Trey Lance is the way to go. So here's the reason I didn't go Trey Lance because I did note earlier I do like Trey Lance long term better than Justin Fields. Do you like him long term better? Yes, Trey Lance definitely. Okay. So Trey Lance isn't going to be starting day one, and Cade's. I think he is. You I don't think, think that there's. I don't think there's a chance that Garoppolo if, makes the roster. If we get to our draft and we know Trey Lance is starting day one, this pick is going to be Trey Lance. We're doing it right now, and I think right now Justin Fields has the quickest pass to playing time, so that's why we go Justin Fields here. Case week one starting quarterback right now is Jared Goff. I think it's funny that so, you said that Trey Lance, in your opinion, is the better quarterback for long term, because in my opinion is actually flip flopped. Yeah. I think that for two or three years, Trey Lance is going to be a really good running quarterback. He's probably more like Lamar. He ran a lot in college. He mm-hmm. does a lot with his legs, and he throws bombs. Um, Justin Fields is more that game manager. I could see Justin Fields being a quarterback in the NFL for 15 years. I, can I don't know if Trey Lance is going to do that just because of the running, but Lamar's shown us that he's been in here for five years now, and... He's just continually getting better. Yeah, I just feel more comfortable having my court. If I was drafting with this pick, I'd feel more comfortable with my quarterback having the 49ers coach and the 49ers GM. Than Matt Nagy. Than Matt Nagy and whoever the hell is in the office in Chicago because they've kind of stung up the joint the last five years. I agree. I understand that. So that's where I'll be coming from my long-term view. Okay. Okay. Okay, we got 10 now. And... If there's anything I know about you, it's that you like guys who 
can hit the home run. That's for sure. You like guys like Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. You like that type of the big prototype. You like those guys. That's why I think that you're gonna go Rondale Moore. I think Rondale Moore. He's from Arizona. Well, he got drafted by Arizona. My bad. He's from Purdue. He's from Purdue. I people talk about how okay. I always get him and Elijah Moore mixed up. So. Rondale Moore, in my eyes, is the type of player that can really do something with his legs and can do a lot of yak. He's 5'9", 180, so he's not somebody who's huge. Same size as me. Exactly. He, But, wow, I'm really stumbling through this one, aren't I? Yeah. Just get all right. Reset. You got me to talk about Rondale Moore? No, he's 5'9", 180. I got it. I just, right. I just had to stop and think about what I was saying for a second. 5'9", 180, Kyler Murray quarterback. On the other side, he's got DeAndre Hopkins. All these things, he's going to be open a lot, and he's super fast. I just, I don't know how you pass up on this guy. I think he's the clear tier three player after all those positions. Fair enough. I, you know, I, this is what I got on Ryan Moore. He's going to be playing in the air raid offense. So that's, for those listeners that aren't aware, that's like five wide receivers, Kyler Murray running around, dotting up his open guys. I also do have Kyler Murray, which makes this interesting. So, Rondell Moore, like you said, great after the catch. If he can just get him the ball and let him run, I think there's a lot of room for him to grow in this offense. The only slight problem I see is there's kind of a lot of mouths to feed in Arizona, and Kyler Murray runs. But that's why he's here at 10. He's not here at, like, 1 or 2. Right. And I think there's a lot of room for him to be a great player. There's just – I'm not – He's going to need a little room to grow and a little time to grow until he turns into a great receiver in the NFL is what i got to say about him. Yeah, I, I, I can get behind that. But that's with a lot. does that go to the same with a lot of these receivers here that they're probably not going to be wide receiver twos the first year in. Another player that I could see you taking, I don't think that you will because you have CEH, Gibson, Akers, Mostert. You have Jeff Wilson who's injured, but you have a lot of these running backs. I know you like Michael Carter. But yeah, I'm going to plant my flag that you take Rondale Moore just for the fact that even though Michael Carter could help you this year, I don't I don't see much of a future for him and you have in my opinion if you can get one more wide receiver, let's say Mike Evans duds this year or A-Rod leaves the Packers and Devontae isn't who Devontae is, I think that Rondale Moore could turn into a really good wide receiver. Yeah, just a little. We'll talk about Michael Carter when we get to him. Actually, okay. I just I'll share my views when we get to him. But okay. I have something to say about him. So, um, next up we have eleven, which is Colton. He's actually got back to back. Yeah, he's got the last pick of the. Oh, these are these are both starting in the second round. He has yep. your pick and then, um, bright. Nope, kid's pick. Mm-hmm. Um. He also needs a quarterback, but he no he does you know, he has Lamar. There's not many holes in this guy's roster. Um, he's got as we noted CMC, Aaron Jones, and Dalvin Cooks. So I don't necessarily think he goes running back. I'd say I think he goes Bateman because he has Lamar, and then Bateman is like one of the next receivers in the tier. I'd say. And I think that makes the most sense to me because wide receiver is at, or tight end, but there's no really tight end here that he needs. So I think he goes He doesn't need anything. No, this guy could trade out and just trade for future picks. But yeah. 
I mean, if you're going for win now, you got to stack up. I, I get where he's coming from. I think he goes for Shad Bateman. I'm kind of high on Shad Bateman. He was a beast in Minnesota. And I think Lamar's going to improve enough as a pastor to make him fantasy relevant. Okay. Um, He has an next pick. He does. He doesn't have any needs. And we got a little trade going on. You, a no, mock draft I don't think that. I'm not going to get too deep into that. I think that we'll probably do another mock before. The, yeah, we before will. the draft. We'll, do some, we'll make some trades in that one or we'll something. We'll probably make some trades in that one. But just looking at players and who I think that Colton likes with his style, Colton, even though he's got the best running backs in the world, I think that he's actually probably going to go another one. And in my eyes, we were just talking about it. Somebody who could have instant impact I think is probably going to be Michael Carter. Bateman and Carter seem like... I love the Bateman pick because he's got Lamar. I could easily see that. And if Bateman turns into a great player, everybody loves double touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it's smart for him to go one of each, too. Kind of like, you know, you did earlier in the first round. You know, he doesn't... Him taking two receivers would just be like kind of stacking them in a receiver. And if both of them are duds, it's like, crap, you know, I didn't really get anything in this draft. Whereas if both these guys are very different... What I had to say about Michael Carter that I was mentioning earlier is... Personally, I've never owned a fantasy player that's been on the Jets because they're kind of a dumpster fire. Never. Never. Uh, you, P- I got sucked into Cooper late, would yeah. text me, oh, you want Jamison Crowder? Nope, don't want him. He's on the Jets. So he, it's, it's interesting, though, because I, I, I think he could, be, he could be different. Obviously, they got a new coach. They got Zach Wilson. In the running game, I think they're going to go with what I've heard is the 49ers' zone running scheme, which is obviously great for fantasy, and it's a great for a running back like Michael Carter. So I think there's a lot of room for upside, but then again, it's kind of a crowded backfield, and they are the Jets. Yeah, you bring up a lot of good points. I, I can get behind all of that. Who's the next pick? All right, so Keaton has another pick here, and... I think Keaton is hoping Justin Fields falls to him here. From what I can, information can gather, I think he's a big um, Justin Fields fan, but I don't think he goes quarterback here. I think he goes Elijah Moore. I like that. There's been a lot of hype around Elijah Moore. Um, if you listen to the fantasy footballers, they're behind Elijah Moore. A lot of, a lot of people think that he could turn into the wide receiver one. There is a path for it this year. There's a new quarterback in Zach Wilson, and you a lot of times see quarterbacks latch onto those rookie wide receivers because they have that bond from rookie camp. Like you see that with Cooper Cup and Jared Goff. They were instant. And I think that Elijah Moore could have that type of effect on Zach Williams. Wilson, my bad. And if you look at the other wide receivers he has to surplant, it's pretty much just Corey Davis. Corey Davis is a good wide receiver. I'd say, I'd say Denzel Mims, too. Denzel Mims, when he was healthy last year, he showed some flashes of greatness. Not greatness, but he showed some flashes that he could play. Okay. But, I mean, it's the Jets. They're going to be down. They're going to be throwing. So, he's going to be on the field. Yeah. I have I have a little bit more reserves towards Denzel Mims. Even though he was drafted in the second round last year, it seems that if they aren't first-rounders, and they bring in another second-round wide receiver like they did in Elijah Moore, they just kind of don't really look to Mims as much or that type of wide receiver. Especially but, with the new coach. I, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down. 
But you never know. Like, we don't know. We're just kind of throwing darts here. So Keaton ends up grabbing a running back, a tight end, and a wide receiver. I think that's a pretty solid draft for him. Yeah, I think so, too. All right, number, what number are we on? Is this 13 um, or 14? I think this is 14. Cause 14, we got Coop. We know that the next yep, pick's 14. Coop. It's 14? Yep. Okay. Hmm. Trey Sermon. I, I think, agree. I think that Coop loves a good running back. I think that, well, everybody loves a good running back. But Coop is, he wants to build his team around good running backs. And if you look at the 49ers, Trey Sermon will probably get an opportunity week two or three because everybody on the 49ers will be injured by then. Yeah, sermons are given on Sundays, so this guy's made to play on Sunday. Wow. Yeah, that was creativity, right? Um, But no, I agree. I think Coop is the type of guy that he's always in... Always in free agency, this guy is always like trying to find the next RB one, trying to find the next guy that's going to start and give him like fifteen points. And it, we've it's been known that Kyle Shanahan likes to mix it up with his running back. And Mostert's injury prone. Jeff Wilson's out the first couple weeks of the year. Sermon makes a lot of sense to be a guy that could play early. And if he gets hot, he could be the Forty ers guy. And that to me, and Cooper's history makes a lot of sense. Yeah, not only could he play early, but I think that. He could be a type of running back that surplants himself this year and becomes RB1 for the next five years. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. The 49ers offense is a great scheme to be in if you're a running back, and especially if you're looking to put up some big fantasy numbers. So there could it, the only question is the path to playing time, really. Uh, that's, a, that's the only knock on him. Yeah. If he was a guaranteed starting running back, I think he would be top five. Yeah, yeah, he'd definitely be probably right behind Najee. Maybe even number one because everybody knows that Kyle Shanahan has good schemes. For sure. All right, number 15. Is, 15 is Alec. I was going to go Sermon there because he did miss out. He did not take a running back earlier in this mock. But I think he's probably going to go Terrence Marshall. I think that's the next best player available. I think Alec's going to be, if this is the mock, if this is what ends up happening, he's going to be a little disappointed he didn't get one of those running backs in the second round. That's why I could see him going Javante five. But then you really can't, like, be too sad about getting Terrence Marshall Jr. here. Well, I think that Terrence Marshall Jr. at 15 is kind of a steal. I think he's, he's going to outperform that. I think they got rid of Curtis Samuel. He's on Washington now. And they got Sam Darnold. And I think Terrence Marshall fits the – Matt Rule is a college coach. And Terrence Marshall fits the college, like, wide receiver type build. And I think that that's why he's going to be successful – Opposite of Robbie Anderson in that offense. Okay. One more question. Do you think that Terrace Marshall is a game changer or more of a... Like, because we were talking about Rondale Moore and you see him more of a game script player. Do you think Terrace Marshall could be somebody who flips scripts on his own or he's going to have to be scripted in the games? Not right away. I think right away they're going to have to get him going in the season. Um, I think as it goes on, especially in the Carolina offense with... Probably the main focus, it seems he's healthy, is going to be on him. Where he could he could break out, I'd say, second half of the year and kind of make himself fantasy relevant in the second half of the year once he gets comfortable in the offense. Because there's been a lot of changes in Carolina, and I, I, just, I just don't see him being fantasy relevant right away. As with a lot of these receivers in, in this uh, tier right here, I don't see them being fantasy relevant right away in the season. Okay. I get that. Next pick, we got Josh. Yep. And this one's kind of a toss-up to me. Um, I feel like Josh, at this point, 
Who did he take first? He took Trevor Lawrence first. Yeah. At this point, he's got good running backs. He's got good wide receivers, but he could use help at either one. I think that Kadarius Tony or Amari Rogers here could be taken. I think that they're two good wide receivers. I think that neither one... This is the reason why they're being taken 16. Neither one of them are in great spots, except for Amari Rogers if A-Rod stays. I think that he probably leans more towards Amari Rodgers unless we get news that A-Rod's been traded um, by the time that the draft hits. So I'm going to actually say he goes Amari Rodgers just because I think that Kadarius Tony's ceiling is a little bit... It's a little bit lower than Amari Rodgers. Amari Rodgers could end up being a solid wide receiver too this year. He could end up being the steal of the rookie draft because A-Rod comes back and he he can throw to anyone. And Amari Rodgers is, like, the highest drafted wide receiver by the Packers in many years. Underrated take on Amari Rodgers. So, obviously, the Rodgers, we have no idea what's going to happen. But, for example, let's say he leaves. Yep. All right, this season finishes. Devontae's a free agent. Unless Devontae has a great year with Jordan Love, I don't I don't really see a reason that Devontae stays. And then, say Devontae leaves, Amari Rodgers is a wide receiver one in Green Bay with Jordan Love. Wow. I think that... If you're looking at it a year from now, and you're getting him in the second round of a dynasty draft, I think he's definitely for sure higher than the likes of Kadarius and Rashad Bateman and Rondell Moore. But, I mean, it all, depend, all depends how the uh, the turntables. The turntables. All right. What do we got, Coop? We got Coop, and I don't think he does this, but for the sake of me looking at his team and seeing Justin Herbert as the only quarterback, I think he takes Trey Lance. Uh, he's already had two picks. He's gone. He's got two running backs. He's I got think he does great that. depth at wide receiver, and I don't think he takes a tight end. And I think by default, Trey Lance is there, and Coop is like, you know what? Long term, I'm gonna need another quarterback. I got Justin Herbert last year. He didn't start week one, and he's been great. That's a great pick. And then he's he's gonna look at Trey Lance the same way and be like, he's not gonna start week one, but he's gonna be great. And then he's gonna take, um, Trey Lance. Well, we talked about it week one of our pod and I said that I could easily see Coop taking a quarterback in the first two rounds but you brought up how Coop's more of a veteran quarterback kind of guy somebody who takes his shots but you never know how they're gonna I think looking at it now I didn't realize like this guy the two second round picks is really a big help here he got the first second round pick by trading or this is the pick from from me that I traded for Jalen Reger okay so, looking at it now, you know, he's already, he's got two running backs. Like, there's not really a point for this guy to draft another skill position player this high. I agree. When a guy like Trey Lance is available, I think. Okay. Yeah, I 100% agree with all of that. We've got Zach here. Um, Zach pretty much needs a need, has a need everywhere. I think that this is where Kadarius Tony goes because in my eyes, Amari Rogers and Kadarius Tony are similar right now, but Rodgers has a higher ceiling, which is why I went Rodgers. Um, I think Kadarius Tony could end up being the two for the Giants. I don't think he will right away. A lot, a lot of miles to feed. A lot of in miles New York. to feed in New York. I don't think Evan Ingram's gonna be. And you got Danny Dimes feeding the mouse. Exactly. So, I I think that he could end up being the two. Is all I'm saying. But at the same time, Sterling Shepard could turn around and have another good season. I just, very, I mean, yeah, very. I'll, let's just say I'm not very high on him year one, and I'm very surprised they took him considering they just signed uh, Kenny Galladay. They have Sterling Shepard. They have 
Pro, Go- Pro Bowl tight end, Evan Ingram, and then they also have Darius Slayton. Did he make the Pro Bowl? He did, over Rob Tanyan, yeah. So he's a Pro Bowler. Um, but you I was, hear that, Keaton? Your boy's a Pro Bowler. But I was very surprised. So he drops balls. That they took him here. So uh, year one, I mean, look down the road dynasty-wise, he's worth the pick. But year one, I don't don't expect much out of Kadarius Tony. Okay. Next up, we got Colton. I think he takes Kenneth Gainwell. Um, I think he realizes that he is going to need a running back if he does end up. He has, like we said earlier, he has those four running backs. And he wants some insurance in Kenneth Gainwell could be a home run pick if he does surpass Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders had a pretty awful year last year, and he was injured. And if Kenneth Gainwell, he's he's a big play guy. So I think that kind of piques Colton's interest at this pick here. And he's already got a quarterback. Or no, he doesn't. I think he goes quarterback later, honestly. So I'm, I'm sticking with Kenneth Gainwell. That's my pick for Colton. Okay. I, I can see that. Miles Sanders has been kind of a dud in fantasy. And I feel like the Eagles could simply just move on from him. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's fair to Miles Sanders, but a lot of stuff in the NFL isn't fair. With our last pick in the mock, we've got Bryce. It's his first pick of the draft. And I've heard some whispers in the bushes. It's Monroe St. Brown. Really? Yeah. I I could I definitely think that he will go Monroe St. Brown. I may or may not have heard it from others. And I think that it's honestly a good pick. If you look at the wide receivers left, he is in a spot to actually get a lot of work right away. Jared Goff is going to have to find somebody to throw to, and they lost Kenny Galladay. There's a lot of target share that's out there, and if he has good camp, I could I could see him being somebody who you plug and play in redraft. Yeah, Bryce has got three solid wide receivers, and his biggest need is definitely that RB2 position, but you're not feeling that need with the last pick of the dynasty second round. Yeah. So there's nothing I'd say there's nothing wrong with Sam Brown. High ceiling could be the guy in Detroit. Um they're probably gonna be taking a quarterback next year. So you gotta just keep that in mind when you're thinking about him. And then again, there's a lot of young receivers there, but I mean I think there's definitely a path to playing time early and then if they get a good quarterback, I think there's a chance this guy could be solid. Yeah. Alright. Well that's our mock. Yeah. Let's go through it really quick. So at the 101, obviously we had Najee, and then Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Travis Etienne, Jalen Waddle. Thoughts on the top five, how they fell out? Um, well, I think that everybody felt their need pretty well. I took Najee, Keaton with Pitts, Cade with Chase, Coop with Travis, Alec with Waddle. I think that everybody's filling their needs. Everybody's making moves that they think can help them not only this year, but in the next couple. This year more for Alec. But with the four picks, it's extremely... I'd say this year and in the future. Just best player available, I think, right. is right. a way to describe these most of these picks. All right, 6 through 10, we got Trevor Lawrence, Javante Smith, Javante Williams, Justin Fields, and Rondell Moore. I'll leave my thoughts on this one. Trevor Lawrence at 6. I'm not a huge fan of taking a quarterback that high. Well, good thing it's at 7, though. Oh, no, that is at 6. I'm and then... <laughs> Devontae Smith, Heisman winner, solid pick. Keaton gets what we have dubbed the steal of the draft. Javante Williams at 9. Kate with Justin Fields at 10. Or, no, that is, Kate has 9. I have 10. You uh, really shouldn't number this. You really should have numbered this. Kate with Fields <laughs> at 9. I pick Rondell Moore at 10. A lot of needs filled there, I would say, as well. And a lot of good depth added 
um, throughout those rounds. I'd say seven is a spot to be, man. They, or in this case, it'd be eight. Devontae Williams right. falling to eight. I think eight after eight, there's a little bit of a talent drop-off. Yeah. All right, 11 through 15, Colton with Rashad Baton, Colton with Michael Carter, Keaton with Rondale Moore, Coop with Trey Sermon, and Alec with Terrence Marshall Terrence Jr. Marshall Jr. I, I don't know. I think the steal of the draft also could be Trey Sermon and Coop. I Coop uh Sermon's a Coop type of pick. Like he's a Coop type of player. I think there, I think there's a lot of realistic chance that that could happen in the actual draft. Yeah, I I think so too. If I am sitting there at fourteen with Coop's pick, Trey Sermon's my type of guy too. I think that that's. A lot of upside pick. A lot of upside, and that's what you want in the second round. And then a lot of upside with Colton's back-to-back picks there. I mean, he only really needs one of them to turn out if for a bye week like flex position. Long-term, though, like, those two picks could help him out and help him stay competitive for the years to come. Right. Like, we look at last year, if he maybe had a, one of those rookies who helped him out, he could have won the chip. But that's where he fell short because he ran into injuries. And this is where there could be a difference between a chip and somebody make, taking second. And compared to exactly like you said, mentioned the championship last year, Bryce isn't getting that type of talent early in the draft because no. he's picking 20. So sort of an advantage Colton if you're looking at the week one matchup in last year's championship. All right, to round out the draft, we got, was it, Amari Rogers, Trey Lance, Kadarius Tooney, and then Kenneth Gainwell and Amaral St. Brown. Solid. Solid. I mean, it's yeah, back of the second. The back of the second. A lot, of, a lot of long shots here. I'd say Mario Rodgers is a pretty solid pick. I'd here. say the three steals of the draft, as we just keep going through these five picks, I think the three steals of the draft are Javante Williams here. I love Trey Sermon, like I said. And I think Amari Rodgers could turn out to be something extremely special. I also really like as a sleeper, I like Amon Ross St. Brown to Bryce. I really like yeah. that. Yeah. I I think it's a lot more of a long pick on St. Brown. I think so, too. But we interviewed him last week, and what did he say? He said, I could definitely see myself going into a rebuild before I win again. Yeah, that was how he answered the question. I think rebuild, when you're still competitive, you can take the chance on a high upside, high bust potential type player like St. Brown. I definitely agree. If he's anything like his brother, um, won't be around very long. No way they're brothers. Equinemius? Yes, they're brothers. No way! Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, there's there's like three of them. They're like the Ball Brothers. Dude. That's Liddy. All right. <laughs> the, the dad gave him the name St. Brown to make him like stand out, so. Okay. Okay. Well, nice. That's and exciting. Learn something new every day. You do you learn go. something new every day. All yeah. right, boys. That's the that's our mock. Yeah, this that's was a the... fun. This was a fun pod number three. I really lo- I was looking forward to this one ever since we did the power rankings. I was hoping we could, I mean, we'll definitely get to another mock. These are fun to do. It's fun to give you guys, like, potential, like, picks and where you guys can go. Obviously, we don't we don't want to, like, we, even though we know some of you guys are taking, we want to mix it up, kind of tap the water a little bit, kick the tires on a little, some issues, and yeah. See what happens. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. And if you haven't already, hit us up at the.fantasy.pack. I'm Nolan Hoppy, and I was with my boy Jake Melodic all day. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you in two weeks.